So how do you tell the truth, but in reality keep perpetuating a lie? I'll explain how. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now this may seem strange at first when I say this, but follow me very carefully. The best way to get some people or many people to believe a lie is to actually tell the truth. Now, wait a minute, Bob. What do you mean? How do you get people to believe a lie by telling the truth? Let me give you a really good example. And I had to think about this for a while the other day. It wasn't that many years ago. We heard people that believe in man-made global warming, climate change, whatever whatever the, uh, the term of the day is, get on the television and they look you straight in the eye or straight in the camera and they tell you we have more named storms now than we did 20 years ago and we have far more named storms than we had back in the 1950s. Okay, And people hear that. And of course, the people trying to get you to believe in the concept of man-made global warming are hoping you are assuming that means we have more hurricanes now than we did back in the 1950s or 1960s or at any other time in history. And what they're saying is true. We have more named storms now than we did years ago. Well, let's kind of tear apart the premise of their statement. It is a true statement. There are more named storms. We started naming the storms in 1953. That's when the custom began. So prior to 1953, we didn't really have any named storms. We would call them the the Florida Okeechobee storm, or we'd call it the Gulf of Mexico, Texas storm in the 30s or the 1920s, whenever. It's only in 1953 that we come up with this naming of the storms. So let's go to the year that I was born, 1954. And I came into the world in the wee hours of the morning of October the 16th. And so in mid-October, a hurricane hit the United States, went a bit inland, and came up to the New York City area. Wasn't a super devastating storm by the time it hit New York. And it was Hurricane Hazel. Now, that is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So we had eight Named storms. Eight named storms. But here we are, 67 years later, and already this season we have you know, 20-something named storms in the Atlantic. So what gives? Are they right? Well, technically they are correct. We have more named storms today than we did in the 1950s. And they keep saying this on the television over and over again in the newspapers, online, anywhere they can get that statement out to make you believe that you driving a car and your carbon footprint is causing all these massive 
hurricanes. Let's pause right here and let's go back to 16 years ago. 2005, Hurricane Katrina, it hit in New Orleans. And I can remember every weather climate change expert saying, you just watch. We're going to have stronger and more devastating storms every year from now on. And we're going to get hit all over the United States every year because we have gone past the tipping point of global warming. How many of you remember hearing that? That when Katrina hit, from now on, it's going to just get worse and worse and worse every year, forever. So in 2006, 7, and 8, 9, and 10, be prepared. The United States is going to be devastated by man-made global warming hurricanes. You with me so far? Well, as many of you now know, it was many, many years before the next hurricane ever hit the shores of the United States. But what about when they were saying there are more named storms today than there were back in the 1950s? Well, that's real easy. We did not have the satellite technology that we have today back in 1954. We didn't have it in 1964. We didn't even have it in the 1970s like we have it today. Weather equipment to monitor storms on a global scale has been improving every year for the past 20, 25 years. Last week, I was following the development of some potential storms from the National Weather Service. If you go back to, let's say, 1980, there was no way to do that. We didn't have that kind of global observation of storms like we do today. And so we could name a depression number 16, 17, 18, and 19. And then the second they hit minimal, and we can tell that now from outer space, we can now tell when they hit minimal storm. We know the uh, the barometric pressure and everything else. And so many storms this year, if you look carefully, developed coming off the coast of the continent of Africa. And they developed into storms and many dissipated. Many went north. Many didn't do much of anything. But every one of them, unlike in the 1950s, unlike in the 1960s or 70s or 80s, those storms never got named. We had several storms this year and last year and the year before that were named but never made landfall. And under the old system, probably never would have been named because these systems were so out in the Atlantic, posing no threat, they were not named. See, that's how you can tell the truth but perpetuate a lie. So when a classroom teacher talks to her middle school, junior high, elementary school kids and says, 
we have more named storms now than when your grandparents were born. Way more storms, more named storms. Well, the little child doesn't thoroughly understand what you mean by that. They just take it at face value. My teacher said we have more storms today than we did back when my grandparents were born or my parents were born. Or my great-grandparents were born. And it's a true statement. But then the teacher ties in, and it's because of you and your daddy's SUV that we're having these storms and polar bears are dying and everything else that goes along with it. And so you take an element of truth out of context, and now you are able to tell a complete and total lie. I think the best term that has come out in recent years, especially for those that are familiar with the Broadway play and movie Gaslighting, politicians, people that have a cause to want to control you or change things for a narrative, they will gaslight you all day. So when a school system perpetuates the myth that there are more hurricanes today than 50 years ago. That's what it is, a myth. Nobody knows, really, how many named tropical storms or hurricanes there would have been in 1850, 1700, 1500. We don't know. We had no way to observe the entire Atlantic Ocean from space with geostationary satellites with very high-tech observation equipment. We're simply not going to know. But we are told to believe that somehow in the short span we can actually keep some records that we are on a, a destiny for planetary destruction. The sad part, at least to me, is how many people end up Believing today's lie, forgetting yesterday's lie, and not putting the two together. One of the things government, media, and political parties count on are your short memories and how easily triggered you can be to something that you hold deeply in your ideology. Now, let me see if I can untangle that phrase and and make it a bit more more understandable. Do governments lie? Oh, yes, all the time. Does the United States government lie? You bet they do. Let me give you an example. And I was reading somebody's commentary, and they they must have a very short memory themselves to make the commentary that they did. Let's go back to January January of 2017, prior to to candidate President-elect Trump taking office in January 20th of uh, 2016, he made a statement that his office in New York City was being wiretapped. And the Department of Justice at that time, you know, Eric Holder, Well, there's no evidence to support that claim. And for two years, 
two years. That was the official line of the government. We never wiretapped anybody. But by the time we got to 2019, it leaked out that, yes, in fact, they were. They had ways of trying to make you believe they weren't. Oh, we're just following Carter Page. We're just doing this, that, or the other. In essence, they were doing exactly what they were accused of doing. When I went to school way back in the Stone Age, riding to school on my dinosaur, I I can remember how I felt being proud to be an American that we are a country with a constitution, that we fought an evil power in England, and then and they no taxation without representation. You know, everything we were told as children. And we believed in something that today is definitely under attack. We believed in a kind of American exceptionalism. And I look back now, much of it was true, but much of it was also a lie. There were a lot of things wrong in our country. But the point is, we believed or we were hoping for a government, politicians, those that serve us, that represent us, those that work for us in in various agencies, to be honorable and to tell the truth. And what I've come to conclude just before I turned 67, that much of what I was holding on to in my younger years was a lie. I thought things like Richard Nixon and the Watergate affair were just aberrations of the most unusual. And for many years, like so many other people I know, We watched the political pendulum swing back and forth, back and forth gently, a little to the left, a little to the right. And I can honestly say, in the 1970s, 80s, and all the way into the early 90s, I didn't follow politics all that extensively. I did more than most, but not all that extensively. It didn't seem to matter overall to me who was in power in the White House. My job was still my job. The work that I did, I still did my work. And my wife and I did our our level best just to live a normal life, not obsessed by politics. And of course, it was a lot easier in the 70s and the 80s. We were not bombarded with 24-7 news channels. We didn't have five or six applications on our telephones constantly giving us the blow-by-blow updates of everything happening in government. Instead of being obsessed, we just went about our daily lives. And not realizing that half of the time, we were being gaslighted and never knew it. Today, the stakes are higher than they've ever been before. Because there is an evil across this globe whose head is rising, whose tentacles are getting deep into governments and even major and large corporations and the tech giants. Something that I've never witnessed 
like this on this kind of a scale in my lifetime. But see, that's one of the disadvantages and bad sides of today's incredible technology. 1975, probably maybe toward the end of the year, like October-ish, you know, 46 years ago, newlywed, and we had to buy a new TV set right away. It was the one that we had, that I had, was just not going to cut it, and it was going to be too expensive to fix. I thought that Magnavox 23-inch console television set was the finest instrument of television ever devised by the mind of man. And we were amazed at the quality of the picture. The sound was mono, but it came out of two speakers, and it was room-filling. Yeah, I'm showing my age now. I look at the television set that I have today, and it is only about an inch and a half thick, and it's not that big, but it's flat screen, high screen, high definition. Instead of getting two or three channels off an antenna, we have hundreds of channels off a small satellite dish, and now you have everybody wanting you to stream lots of content. So we are more connected, but what are we connected to? So I started the program saying, how do you tell the truth and still tell a lie? That's what propagandists have been doing since the dawn of civilization. How do you think Germany could have maintained World War II especially in the last year and a half to two years. Their troops are spread thin by 1944. They're not doing well on the Russian front. The Americans are coming in through France. But the people of Germany were constantly fed a barrage of news that we are winning the war. And because media was so easily controlled... In the 1940s, movies were controlled by the Nazi party of Germany. No movie could be shown unless they approved it, and it better have a pro-German theme. They made a decision back in the 1930s. Radio sets were very expensive. But Goebbels, the propaganda minister decided every German household needed a radio. And, of course, they control the radio stations. And so, before you knew it, the Germans are gathering around these these radio sets, listening to orchestras, comedy, drama, and a continuous subtle dose of propaganda. Newspapers controlled. So where are we today? The major news media, the major news media, ABC, NBC, CBS, to a lesser extent, CNN, MSNBC, they become the echo chamber for a single ideology. They are the willing propaganda participants to an ideology, not so much a party, They do 
help a particular party because at the moment, that party is doing the bidding of the ideology. Extreme leftist progressive ideology. And the one thing I mentioned last week in the program is, is how this ideology works in the billionaire culture and set. If you look at those that want to be your ruler, not your leader, there's a big difference. Barack Obama said right before he was inaugurated, way back in 2009, he said, we are ready to rule on day one. America does not have rulers. We're not supposed to have rulers. But those on the left feel destined by whatever it is in the cosmos to be your ruler. And rulers demand obedience. Now, what we're supposed to have here in the United States, what you're supposed to have in Australia, what you're supposed to have in Canada, United Kingdom, and a bunch of other nations on this earth, including France, that used to be a, quote, free country, not anymore. You elect among yourselves leaders. People that can lead and guide and be sensitive to the needs of those who put them in office because they are a servant to the people. That is the intent of the United States Congress, Senate, and the presidency on a national scale. And the same is true with governors and legislatures in the various states and and then the counties and the cities. But let's just look at the federal government here in the United States. Presidents were supposed to be elected by an electoral college to make sure that not one tiny part of the country had undue control. The House of Representatives was equally distributed in terms of population. One representative for so many people. That's why some states have more representatives than others. And then the United States Senate was supposed to be, and was for many, many years, the two senators were appointed by their individual state legislatures to ensure that every state had a voice in the federal government. Do you follow? In other words, go back to the 1800s. The two senators serving from any particular state are appointed by their state legislatures, to be the state's voice in the federal government to make sure the federal government does not get too fat, too bloated, and full of too much control over the states. On top of that, our founding fathers also felt that taxing people's incomes was an aberration. Early 1900s, President Woodrow Wilson is known for two disastrous, actually several disastrous things. Number one, we used to be in charge of our own money supply. Instead, he turned it over to a group of private bankers called the Federal Reserve. That's the first thing that he did. Then he decided 
we need to have an income tax. And they sold it on a big lie. The lie was, we need some more money for our expanding country and railroads and this and that and the other. And we're going to propose that we authorize an income tax. Now, don't worry about this income tax. It's going to be a 1% tax on any income over $100,000. Let me remind you again, the income tax will be a tax on all incomes over $100,000. Now, even 100 years later, that would never tax everybody. But back in the first part, prior to 1920, how many people made over $100,000 a year? Well, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the Railroad Kings, yeah. But how many people living in small-town America, how many people living in New York City working a job made $100,000 a year 100 years ago? They didn't. Maybe $1,000 a year, maybe $2,000 a year, maybe $800 a year. So, obviously, this tax is not going to ever bother anybody in the lower incomes, like under 100000 Listen, back when I started out in my radio career, the idea of making $500 a week, that was a lot of money. And a lot of people didn't make that kind of money in 1970. And the American people bought it. And so this constitutional amendment worked its way through and was passed. And then over time, the income limit came down and the amount of those taxes started to go up. 1% 1% became 5, became 10, became 24%, 39%. The $100,000 limit dropped down to next to nothing. Within 10 years, virtually everybody was having to file an income tax form. They've been lied to. It was intended from the very beginning to be a tax on all Americans, or pretty much all of them. But they led everybody to believe it was a 1% tax on all income over $100,000. That'd be like saying um, it's going to be a 1% tax on all income over, over 3 or $4 million today. In other words, the working people never pay it. But see, you were gaslighted to back then as you are today. They lied. They pushed it through. And now it's a It's a given. Income tax is here to stay. And then the 17th Amendment. Let's have a direct election of all United States senators and take that job away from the states. And those that were very progressive, that wanted a bigger and stronger federal government, had just enough votes to push that thing through And now, instead of our state legislatures looking after the interest of your state, whether your state be Ohio, Michigan, South Carolina, Minnesota, Nebraska, New York, doesn't matter. 
They look after Washington's interests because, see, senators today received the majority of their support, many uh, support, many of them, from outside their state. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing, I can remember, in the 2020 election cycle. Lindsey Graham pleading with, with viewers on Fox News, please send me money. No matter what state you're from, I got to win. Same with the leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell and others, all raising money from outside of their states. The United States Senate becomes truly owned by rich and corporate America. And so what we've been living, I really believe, in the last 20 years, we've been living in these free-range cages as people, allowed to live our lives a certain way, to a certain point, and never really fully understanding how so many in Washington believe they are our rulers and not our duly elected leaders. They feel entitled to the job positions they hold. Now, I didn't really plan on doing this kind of a dissertation at the beginning of this program today. I've got some other things that I want to talk about, but I just wanted to set the stage on this. I want you to fully understand that what you often see is not totally the truth. Just like you can say there are more named hurricanes and storms today than there were 50 years ago is a true statement, but it's still a lie. Honestly, there could have been five times the number of actual storms in the 1950s, but we'll never know. Just like today, how many of these storms will never make landfall, fall apart before they do, and never be named? They want you to live in fear because they want you to believe that only they have the solution. And that is the greatest danger that would usher in where people will believe the lie and pander to the Antichrist. Now, if you believe in the ministry we have here at Truth to Ponder, let me just ask you a couple of quick things. Would you consider supporting the work that we do here? We now are on our way, getting ready to head out to Florida. And I may have a guest host this week. A lot of exciting things are happening. And for the time being, probably six months, maybe longer, we're going to be using this temporary special address. And it is a mail service for people, not that I'm an RVer, but it was highly recommended. And, you know, just great people. They'll give you an address and they will let you see what kind of mail you have to decide how you want to get it. And they're easy to deal with. And so our temporary address right now, so we can do all this travel, is Truth to Ponder. You can use my name or Truth to Ponder. And the address has got a lot of numbers here. So you may, you may want to get a pen or pencil. Uh, I'll give it again before the end of the program. The address is 5753-5753. 
and that's Highway 85 North. So it's 5753 Highway 85 North. Then we have one more number. Number 3248. That's our box. 3248. 5753 Highway 81 North. Number 3248. And the city is Crestview. One word, Crestview. Florida. Zip code 32536. One more time. And we'll give it again before the end of the program. Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The glory of rejection. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. Your Jewish connection bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, listen, have you known rejection in your life? Of course you have. Someone you loved or your family or you might have even felt that your parents didn't really love you as they should. The pain, maybe you've carried a rejection for years and years, wounds and and persecution. Well, you know what the Bible says? It says, blessed are you when men hate you and cast you out. Luke 6, 22. Blessed are men when you are hated. Very interesting because the word for hated or rejected is aphorizo. And that also is the same word. Aphorizo is the same word that's used also in the New Testament to speak of God separating somebody for ministry, for his purposes. Well, that's profound. What does it mean? It means God uses the rejection of men or people in your life to separate you for himself. Think about that. Many people come to the Lord only by knowing rejection. If they were accepted, if you were accepted by everybody in the world, maybe you would never come to the Lord. You know, it was used for good. And even in ministry, it was used that you would come to God and serve him. You know, even now, God will use the the rejection, the persecution to purify you, to separate you for him. So don't go through life all wounded and fearful. Be healed. Thank God for it. There's healing there. God promises he'll use it all for good. As God used it to separate the high priest, same word, he will use it to bring you blessing. And all the rejection you've known has become the holy separation for your divine calling in ministry. Want more? Ask for the priest's separation. Now the free gift for you from the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to prove Jesus is Messiah. The awesome mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it and Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and to the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll have a great part in the Great Commission. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, listen, God loves you. Peace be to you and Messiah, Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Just a couple of quick items to pass along, let you know what is happening. This week we are traveling from Georgia to Florida, and at least for the next, oh, I don't know, four or five weeks are going to be a busy time. There may be a couple of days this month uh, where I will have a couple of guest hosts. One you've already heard before, talking to him about doing one more program, and somebody I would be honored to have do my program, who is well known in the news business, so it'll be It'll be a great help for me to get the help that I need to keep this daily program coming to you. So pray for us during our travels. We have some important family matters to resolve. And then I've got a project to work on. Later in the month, toward the end of the month, I've got a wedding to perform. And I've got family to see and great-granddaughters to to look at and meet for the first time. Just born not long ago. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting old enough where I'm already now getting into the next set. So uh, keep us in your prayers as we move forward and get things done in Florida. As I said, we have that other address that we're going to be using. I just had no other way to feel safe about the things that you mail to me. And I did not want them getting lost in just regular forwarding. I didn't want them to be picked up by somebody I don't know or a place I can't fully feel comfortable with. But this was highly recommended. And people that have been using them for years just can't say enough good. So I'll give you that address toward the end of the program today. You know, one of the things we talked about in the beginning, this first segment, I'm going to talk about a number of just other stories that kind of Relate to it just to put your mind uh, into a position to understand how the narrative changes so carefully with such craftsmanship, so many people don't recognize it. Now, there's one TV show that I've barely ever watched, and I just don't like to watch it. I, I need to keep my blood pressure from having my head explode. Now, the show in question is Rachel Maddow on MSNBC where the lies flow freely and the propaganda is pushed every hour on the hour. And I want to take you back toward the end of March of this year. So this is back April, May, June, July, August, September, six months, a little over six months ago now. Rachel Maddow made a statement that I hope, that she hopes you're going to forget. And see, this is what she said. The virus stops. We're talking COVID-19 now. The virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus will not infect them. The virus cannot use that person to go anywhere else. Okay? This was what they said on MSNBC. This is what the Biden administration has been saying. This is what all of his so-called scientists and doctors that keep changing their mind have said. The virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. 
The virus cannot use that person to go anywhere else. Rachel Maddow, that's what she claimed. And her followers, her followers believed it. It's huge news, according to her, that if everybody was as smart as Rachel Maddow, if you were just as cool as I was, as woke as I was, as special as I am, you would understand that if you just get those shots, then the virus will stop at you and you will never get infected and you'll never pass it on and we all go back to normal real, real soon. Well, I was reading a story last week. Harvard Business School, where all the students are vaccinated, they're having all these so-called breakthrough cases. In other words, we've discovered something. The vaccine does not stop the virus. The vaccine does not stop you from spreading the virus. So it can infect a vaccinated person, and it can go from the vaccinated person onto uh, everybody else. So as that perfect narrative that this was a bulletproof plan to get rid of COVID and all of us get our lives back, remember, that's always been the mantra. If you just do what you're told by the government, by the Biden administration, by Dr. Anthony Fauci, by all of his experts, just do as we say, don't think for yourself, just do as we say, And we'll all get back to normal, whatever their normal is going to be. Well, then we started hearing about the breakthrough cases. Well, they were trying to minimize that. Oh, just every once in a blue moon. And then it became, okay, you can get the virus, but you're not going to, you probably won't die. But see, that narrative keeps changing and moving every time I look at it. Went from you can't get it to you might get it, you might spread it, but you won't be too sick. Well, you could be real sick. Well, you won't die. Well, yeah, you might die. In other words, I'm beginning to believe what a lot of the experts that I've been reading for over a year who have been consistently right are believing. And they give me some good cause to believe what they have to say. And if anything you put online, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, the tech tyrant group that goes against the narrative that the vaccine is is just a gift from God, according to the governor of New York, as I shared last week. If you go against that narrative, they shut you up as misinformation. The last time I've seen such a effort, that's the word I best effort, you know, the best word I can find, effort. We got to go back to World War II propaganda and, and Goebbels. You know, to be pushing the propaganda that they do. You, it's a cult. The vaccine, it's a, it's become a vaccine cult. And in many states, and with the pressure now of the morally, intellectually, spiritually, everything bankrupt Biden administration, and this is not a political statement. The man should never have been president. He never should have run for president. The people he's picked around him are the worst people you could have pretending they rule over you. The entire administration is one reprobate, delusional fool after the other with authority and a big paycheck. And they demand that you worship and follow every word that they say. 
even if they change their mind and they're caught lying, just still, still just, just trust us. Even before the election, Dr. Anthony Fauci said we can never have a real vaccine for years because you can't, you can't rush the process. Even Biden and uh, Kamala Harris said you cannot rush the process. I would never take the Trump vaccine, so they said. And once they got in charge, it, it all changed. Why? Is the vaccine so good? Honestly, I don't think so. I think we're finding out many scientists, many people that are really, really into medical science are deeply concerned that these these vaccines producing a spike protein may be what is encouraging all these more violent or viral uh, variants that are even more infectious and sometimes in some cases more deadly. We may be creating these new strains. And increasingly, the protection you get from a vaccine, and this is the one number they don't want you to know. That's why they want you to rush out and get it now before the truth is undeniable. That even having the vaccine, you could get COVID, you could die from COVID or the new variants of COVID that are being made by the vaccine. There's just something about every bit of this that I find troubling. Go back, and once again, I'm not trying to be political here, but just kind of hear me out. So the prior administration... Uh, puts the money out for Operation Warp Speed. All these companies come through with something. Uh, and the one thing that was different about the prior administration, they had no intention of mandating anybody take this stuff. Suggested if you are at risk. But now this administration and every Democrat and a handful of rhino Republicans around the United States are literally saying, roll up your sleeve and take your shot because I demand it. Because if you do that, you get back to normal. And I reply, no, you will not get back to normal. It is the beginning of a new normal that is going to be very dangerous. I I got an email the other day. I think it was like last Wednesday or Thursday. Because I've been a church pastor, I I still get a lot of solicitations from these companies that sell things and stuff to church. Now, the kind of church that I am involved with would not be what you would call your uber contemporary spotlight uh, praise band kind of church. But somehow I get on these these mailing lists. Now, I'm not going to name the company. I don't want to get into something like that. But I get this email from this particular company. And we've got we've got good news. A lot of churches are starting to launch again like they were pre-COVID. And we love this news and we want to to come alongside of you and help equip you as you plan for your next launch. But beware as system timelines are shifting a bit. Supply chain issues continue to grow, so if you want to get your stuff to, you know, go back to the normal church pre-COVID. You got to call us today. And you need to have that conversation 
right now because, see, everything's going to be good in just a matter of months. Don't you know it because of the vaccine? And they want me to schedule a meeting to plan all this this stuff, equipment, light shows. I mean, this is this is like the church of the first theater or first theater church with a light show and a praise band. And they're out there marketing like everything's going to be just peachy keen because we're, we're getting all these people vaccinated. So it's all going to be good. And then you look at countries like Norway and others that have basically decided we're done. We're not playing in your lie anymore. I have had this strong feeling. This is me talking. I'm not giving you any any prophetic word here, so don't take it as that. But my instincts tell me that those that are the evildoers that have taken over much of the governments and the tech tyrants of this world are on the verge of being exposed. Now, it won't be a permanent exposure, but it's going to upset the apple cart terribly. And there'll be a lot of scapegoats, and there's going to be a lot of wrangling and a lot of issues and troubles. But the new world order out there will find some way to eventually tamp it back down and make you believe that you won and you got your freedoms back as they find new ways to take them away like being able to spy on your bank accounts if they're over $600 total, total in a month. They want to know where you spend your money. They want to have a system to know how many miles you drive so they can tax you by the mile because they want to get us to electric cars, and the only way to do that is we have to tax the mileage you drive. So what kind of intrusive system will that be? Maybe while we're so busy fighting off this other stuff, they'll be able to sneak all that through that some of the new cars will probably at some point have a methodology. You know, here's my, if I was to make a a guess prediction, I would say what will be proposed is all the new electric cars have a GPS feature. And so they can log and then turn in your mileage. Kind of like a sun pass or, you know, those toll passes work. You know, you you go through the thing and it reads it. Well, they'll have something even similar that can pretty well figure that you drove 100 miles this week, and so we're going to charge you so many cents per mile. You know, let's say it's eight cents. Okay, eight cents times $108. That doesn't sound too bad. But once again, just like the income tax way back under, uh, in the early days under Woodrow Wilson, it went from a 1% tax up to the monster we have today, plus corporate tax. So don't think that the $0.08 cents per mile will stand. It may become $0.15 or $0.20 cents or, or, or $0.35 cents per mile before you really realize what happened to you. And I will expect that they will then put all kind of uh, premium sin taxes on regular gasoline that you put into a car to encourage people to stop driving their gasoline cars over the next five or six years to force you into buying some kind of electric vehicle uh, before 2030. That's the goal. By 2030 or 2030 something or other, we got to get rid of all these gas 
climate killers out there as they think they are. And so I figure that what will happen while we're busy fighting the old COVID wars and other stuff and fake elections. I think the fake elections are going to get exposed. The media right now is just, you know, all thrilled and giddy because, oh, in in Arizona, Biden actually got 60 some odd more votes. See, see, it was never rigged. But they can never answer the question, what about the 47,000 ballots that nobody knows where they came from that are more likely than not to be fraudulent, phony ballots in a state Biden won by, you know, just mere thousands? Ran into an article last week, and I'm going to do some digging on this. Maybe it's time to have another uh, round of some Georgian news uh, Brad Raffsenberger and uh, and Brian Kemp, who I don't think are long to hold their offices. I think they'll both face significant primary challenges and both will be out. That is my hope and my prayer because, very simple, they willfully and knowingly lied to the citizens of Georgia. Raffsenberger, with Kemp's approval, broke Georgia law in cutting deals with Stacey Abrams. People like Mark Zuckerberg spent 400 and some odd million dollars of his own personal money to help certain counties around the United States. Georgia got $48 million. That's one-sixth of the money, roughly speaking. One-sixth. And what did they do with that money? Well, they had what we call Zucker boxes. Those are Those are ballot boxes located all over these Democrat strongholds. Well, some video has come out that this one box that had like 19 or some odd thousand votes, one box, only 30 people put stuff in the box, according to the security cameras. 30 people put in 19,000 ballots, all for Biden, by the way. You can guess because of the neighborhoods and where they were at. There was a way to harvest phony ballots and you could and there was no way to have a chain of custody. I believe in Georgia the vote fraud is not going to be 19,000 or 40,000 or 60,000. I believe the vote fraud totals in the state of Georgia will be six figures or more in the in the well into six figures. The systematic cheating in Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin The five states that just ironically got all this money. You know, why is it that I'm limited? Not that I can afford to anyway. What is it? Like $5,000 is the limit that anybody can give to a presidential candidate, something like that. Like I have that kind of money to give. I'm lucky to have $5 to give. But how does a, and and if I give more than that, let's say I gave $10,000 to some conservative Christian candidate. They'd have to return part of it. I could be in trouble with the law because I tried to break the law. Why is it that Mark Zuckerberg can give $450 million of his own money? That's like getting close to a half a billion with a B dollars. Why can he give any amount of money he wants and give it to certain counties to assist them? in making voting without an ID or any chain of custody. In other words, 
I'm just going to come out and say it. Why is Mark Zuckerberg allowed to spend $450 million of his money to benefit the Democrat Party and Joe Biden in cheating? In other words, $450 million was used to steal an election by knowing that you would have all these ballots coming into these boxes that he paid for. And then you're going to shrug your shoulders. Well, we don't know. if we, we can't just throw them out. We don't know which ballots they were now. I would say some of those ballots came out from under a table in Fulton County when the alleged phony water main break story came out and they kicked out the press and the observers and the cameras still rolling. They forgot about security cameras. All these ballots start getting run over and over and over again. They had to make sure they had enough. With all the cheating they did, this is my this is my learned opinion. I've observed this, studied, read carefully, and and knowing the incredibly bad character and moral character of some of the people involved. They would sell their grandmother's dentures, you know, if it got them any brownie points with the Democrat Party. They would do. They would break the law. They'd be like, I mean. These are the kind of people that make gang initiations look pretty tame in the kind of crimes they're willing to commit. Stealing an election is nothing because, see, they believe the ends justify the means. They believe that they are right, and everybody else that believes in Christian values that are conservative, family-oriented, don't want the schools to indoctrinate kids into transgenderism, homosexuality, and all kinds of other silly nonsense, we are the danger. And so stealing an election in their eyes, in their mind, they are entitled to steal an election for our own good. That is the level of satanic, yeah, that's the only word, satanic delusion that they have, that they must stop Christians, they must stop good, because they have sold their souls to evil. We're going to pick this up tomorrow, and we're going to talk about the delusion, the utter delusion that permeates the majority of people and institutions and politics of this country. Listen, if you believe in the work that we're doing, here's the address you can send your financial support. You can also pay us, you can also do something online. Truth to Ponder, and it's 5753 Highway 85. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, box number 3248. Box number 3248. Crestview, Florida, 32536. Once more, Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.